Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Life podcast, and I am here with my co-anchor Ali Stagnita. Hi, Ali. Hi, guys. So excited to be here. So excited to have you. And we have got a very special guest. Ali is at home in York. I'm at home in Westchester, and we are greeting somebody who grew up in the smallest state in the country. That is Rhode Island, and it's an important part of why she is here today. Everybody, we are so happy to welcome our guest, Arden Marine. Yay! Yay! Hi, it's good to be here. So good to be here. And I had to mention Rhode Island because that is where you are from. And your book has a lot, uh, like a lot about your quirky and fascinating and hilarious childhood and growing up and then career and it is so fabulous and it's so funny I had to I I was sitting last night on the couch and I was reading it and my husband was at the other end of the couch he's trying to watch tv I'm reading and I just kept cracking up it was so hilarious that is honestly the best thing I've ever heard you're one of the first people who's read it and that just makes my heart sore so thank you thank you Miss Bonnie well, thank you for writing the book. <laughs> As I sat down to write this, you know, it's, you kind of are almost cataloging all of your like best of your worst moments, you know, where you, cause that's the funny stuff. And also looking at, you know, as you become an adult and you start looking at like, every family has quirks. Every family has strange routines. I think mine had some extra large quirks, but but I didn't quite realize how big they were at the time because that's just what I knew growing up. But um, it was interesting just to kind of take a step back and take a look at like, whoa, this is just what I took as normal. Like this is banana pants. <laughs> <laughs> well, your family is like, the book is your memoir. It's about your growing up and as your adulthood and how you got in the business. But I mean, you really do have a very quirky family. Yeah. And um, why don't you tell the reader how it started off so quirky and you didn't know that for a long time. Tell about how your parents got together. Okay, I did no idea. It actually explained some things when I found, I found this out when I was 14 and my brother who was older than me, he'd come home from college and he had his first girlfriend. And you know, and she was just like, so my mom's name was Janet. She's like, Janet, how did you and Willie meet? You know, and I, I just knew they met at work. That's all I knew, but they seemed like an odd fit. Like there was something, you know, she was sort of bright, bubbly, sort of a Doris Day type. And my dad- yeah, like Doris Day. Yeah, yes. she was completely Doris Day. And then my dad was 
I mean, he looked like John Belushi and kind of, he was, <laughs> and he kind of had the vibe of John Belushi, but not quite as funny. It was just the whole, so, um, ter- so this is how they, this is how they got married. They met at work in Manhattan. Um, they were coworkers and all of their coworkers, they all went out for like cocktails, you know, it's in Manhattan, you know, Allie, you're like, like yeah. you're young and fun. You're in your twenties in New York. Like why not go out for drinks? It's around new year's. Nothing is better than Manhattan in like around the holidays. It's festive. And as you do, they were basically trying to come up with like how to screw over the man. They figured out that everybody got two weeks vacation time. And, but if you went on a honeymoon, you got an extra two weeks. So my rascally dad proposed to my sweet sparkly mom. He's like, Hey, Janet, how about this? Why don't you and I get married. We'll get the extra vacation time. I'll take you down to South America for a month. We can come back and then we'll get it annulled. And so they, they looked for, she sort of had agreed. They looked for a Bible to swear on. They couldn't find a Bible. So they swore on a cookbook. So this like dare. (laughs) And then in the morning, she, she had a date with another guy the next night that she went on and that she said she made out with really hard because she decided it was going to be the last other man that she made out with that she called five o'clock Freddie. And then (laughs) So but she, she still made out with him. She still made out with him. She was like, this might be the last other guy I make out with. So she totally went on the date. And apparently he was really pissed when he called again the next week. And her roommate was like, oh, she's engaged. But uh, so she called my dad the next day and basically called his bluff and was like, all right, Willie, like, I'll do it. But I don't want to get it annulled. And so they had a proper wedding. Six weeks later, she borrowed my my namesake Arden, her best friend's dress. They, my grandparents met him as her fiance, and they got married on a dare, and they stayed married for fifty years. Wow, that's <laughs> so the end. Yeah. And had she, here's the big question: Had she even made out with him before she agreed to marry him? No, no. <laughs> I do know. I, I have found out, I think they slept together before they got married. My, here's my theory. My theory so that would include a makeout session. We but it was before the engagement. Like I, they had never kissed before they got engaged. They'd never been on a date. I don't think they'd had a meal together. So <laughs> here's my theory. My dad was kind of fun. You know, he was like the bad boy. And I think, you know, they must have had a slight crush on one another. I don't think anybody thought that this fun game, which was going to last for 50 years. <laughs> but like, I think they must have, you know, we've all had those bad boys around where I think it was also sort of the boldest thing. My mom, you know, my mom was a pretty good girl and her heart had been broken a couple of years by her college boyfriend. And so I think she was sort of like thinking she was an old maid at 23, which is crazy. So that's how they got married. And then when they decided to have kids, my mom wanted four, my dad wanted zero. So they settled on two and they, and he goes, okay, I'll have, if we're going to raise kids, we can do it one of two places, New York city or little Compton, Rhode Island. (laughs) Compton, Rhode Island. What was the connection? He, when he was a kid, he used to spend summers there. So just Uh. to set the scene, it's a little bit like, um, it's a little bit like a Nantucket, but it's not as fancy. So it doesn't have any stores. There's not like the society of it, but the land looks, it's like an island and it's just beaches and fruit stands. And there's a general store and a town commons. There's no stoplights. We didn't get cable till like the late nineties. We could, you still can barely get a cell signal. And um, so she chose 
little Compton because she wanted my brother and I to be able to entertain ourselves. And you did. And we did. And we sure did. <laughs> um, I love that story so much. I want to ask about the cover because you have braces on in it. Yeah. I need to know how that happened. Like, did okay. you put braces on for the photo? <laughs> I, okay. So I did not, I didn't want like the pretty lady, like, cause, cause when you look at the photo on the back of like this, this person that looked like Barb from Stranger Things, like I wanted to say this, this wait, is who I, wait, how do you have red hair when you're little and now you're blonde? Mad TV purchased a redhead and wanted a blonde. <laughs> they were like, and then actually during quarantine, I was really excited. I was like, I'm going, I'm going to become my redhead again. And it, and it grew. I, I, it, I didn't dye it until like two weeks ago and it wasn't quite as exciting. Like there was a little red left, but like I wanted to look like Allie and instead it just came in a little more ashy, but I was like ready to embrace the red anyway. Um, so, you know, so when this is your operating system and when you're looking like Barb from stranger things, I didn't want, <laughs> I didn't want the gal on the cover to be like, Ooh, just live in my, you know, I didn't want a glamorous lady. Cause that's not the operating system of the narrator. And so I actually commissioned, I found a special effects makeup artist and I had braces made that are like a retainer that you can put in. And I, I was like, I'll dress up and get cute, but I want something. when you look closely, something's a little off. <laughs> <laughs> well, it definitely goes with, with the memoir. Do you think, um, what did your dad do? Because you have so many funny stories about him, how he went to a movie, like he saw every single movie that was ever created in the yeah. and he'd go in the middle of the day. What did he do? Well, that's a very good question, Bonnie. And I couldn't quite figure <laughs> it out growing up. He, so my mom always worked. My mom was a real estate agent in our town because there's very few, you know, you work at the gas station, you're a lobsterman, maybe you're a cop. Yeah. So my mom sold houses and my dad was an accountant, but he really only worked like during tax season. And it was really for like our family friends. And so it was a weird thing where my mom, my mom was the one who sort of, you know, my dad, I think bought the house, but and at the time it was like, you know, $40,000 or something, you know what I mean? It's a different here on the country, but my mom was the one who worked and kind of paid for a lot of like my brother and I, and, and he just kind of, he was, he was a salty dog. Like he was very much like, I'm going to take care of myself. Like those are Janet's kids, you know? So <laughs> he, you know, he, he just was like, he was like this, it was like me and my mom and my brother. And then this like dude in the den, you know, it was very, it was a very strange we called him Willie. Nobody called him dad. And so, yes, he was a, an accountant, but he was pretty available. He was available a lot during <laughs> he the He was day. available. Yeah. And so, and, and yet your parents stayed married for yeah. 50 years and you yes. say that your mother loved him. She, that's the thing. It's like, it's an interesting thing where, you know, I mean, I remember for years as I got older, kind of, cause I just adored her. I'm kind of like, I just have to you know, we've all liked the bad boy. Like I used to try to be like, wait, what? Like, what is that? Like, what? Yeah. this guy? Like, and I'm not trying to belittle my own gene pool. Like, I do think that I feel like my father's quirky genes sort of gave my brother and I our special sauce. Like, I do believe that the bloodline, like even without 
a ton of hands-on parenting. I feel that the bloodline gave my brother and I a little extra, extra, but like, you know, for whatever reason, I think he amused her. I think she thought he was interesting. She'd never met a person like that. And she was just, she loved this guy. Like, and you know, we've all probably had a date or two with somebody that people are like, wait, what? Like, (laughs) I think she, she just, I think it worked for her. Mm-hmm. And when you wanted to get into this career, yeah, what was their reaction? Were they the kind of parents that like came together and were like, this might be really hard for you and things like that? Or were they like, go for it? <laughs> well, that's what I definitely wanted to write about in the book because like, I think sometimes I, I envy the people and I, and quite honestly, most people I know do not have like I envy when I, when it's like everyone just supported me, you know, it's like, wow. But I have found generally like to me, most of the funniest women I know, there's some quirk in the history, some, there's somebody kind of, there's some tough nut in the background. So on the one hand, and I, and I wanted it to be a hopeful book also for anybody out there that had that maybe, you know, my mom was incredibly, she supportive and great. And she always taught my brother and I that we could go for anything. And my dad was, I almost feel like he was threatened by it. And it was really like, I don't know. I don't know if it was because I was a girl, you know, but there was something like my brother also sort of did his own thing, but was encouraged. And he was very like, even when I was on Mad TV, I mean, I'd been on a couple like seasons of series, never taken any money. And he'd be like, when are you going to get your accounting? You know, like, <laughs> Your accounting degree. Yeah. And I'm like, do I seem like I'd be a good accountant? <laughs> I don't have it. So my mom was incredibly supportive and my dad was always pretty dismissive. And, and I'm, a, you know, I just think that you got to go where the love is and then learn to kind of protect your dreams. You know, it's not, I, I just learned not to engage about it because I knew it would be frustrating. And so the more I, it was almost like Lucy and Charlie Brown in the football that if I would try to go, I'd be like, look what I, you know, that it would never be met with good job or like, go for it. Um, but my mom always, she was interesting. Cause she also told me not to go to theater school. Like she sort of knew that what was unique about me may not, may not be like appreciated at a place that it might get. Yeah. And so she, she just encouraged me to kind of be protective, like make your own things, listen to what makes your tail wag, be a hard worker, always have a day job. So you have money coming in and, um, but to guard your unique flame. And I think that was very, like a huge gift that I, I think my brother and I both got that. It seems like, um, I mean, as you read your book, even though it's really funny and you're talking a lot about your, you know, very unique life, let's say, (laughs) there are a lot of life lessons in there because of the experiences you had and how your mother supported you and raised you with these great values, even though you had a father that wasn't too involved, but you had some, you were very theatrical, I would say from the start. Like what was this thing about how you like to strip? You were had a face that where you were stripping in front of everybody. Thank you for asking, Bonnie. (laughs) You know, it's so funny. It's actually, I've talked to a few of my other gal friends, like 
Jen Kirkman, the comedian, said that she also, it wasn't that I wanted to, it's not the kind of stripping that you would see now, maybe like in the background on the Sopranos episode, okay? It was more, we got three TV stations, one of which played all of these old movies from like the 30s and the 40s and the 50s. And so where I grew up, it was a sea of women in corduroy and plaid, maybe wear chapstick, but like, (laughs) you know, it was, it's still like that. And like, I love that hearty New England thing. That's not me. And like, I remember seeing these women like that were almost like burlesque, like Gypsy Rose Lee types, like with feathers or even in the background of like a 1940s Busby Berkeley musical where like a showgirl that was like a cigarette girl that worked at the Rainbow Room and little hot pants and sequins and tassels and feathers. And it was just... To me, I wanted to be like a 1940s showgirl, like the razzle dazzle. And, uh, you know, I, I, so I would strip for all my brother's friends when I was like five. I would like sneak attack. <laughs> no one was interested. I'm like dive bombing them. They're all just wanting to, I mean, they were nerdy, sweet. They just wanted to be playing with their like droids and, you know, lightsabers. And I'm like, Jason, like, you know, like just wiggling around in my underpants. And there was, you know, it's so fun. Like, to, and there was no shame. Like, it was not dark. There was no, I was just like, I got someone to show you, you know, like, this, I got a present. Like, oh, great. No one was interested. They couldn't stop me. Like, I was unstoppable from stripping and it got out of control. And then my mom, like, she could, literally there was nothing she could do to stop me from stripping. And eventually, and not no one was taking advantage of it. There's nothing sad in this. I, I was the sad. There was no dark force here but me. And then eventually my mom was like, Arden, you don't see grandma stripping all the time, do you? And something about the thought of that, like seeing grandma stripping all the time. And then also like her knowing that I was the town deviant was like, okay. <laughs> And that was like, all right, I got to put it, I got to at least like ask before I strip. (laughs) (laughs) So I guess you didn't grow up to want to be a show, like a rockette or anything. My legs are way too short. I'm all toward, I'm built like a Corgi Bonnie. I'm all, I'm like five foot four. I see that, I am too. Oh my God. I can't wear a one piece bathing suit. Like I sit next to some, I remember on Mad TV, Michael McDonald, I think he's like six foot five, and we were sitting side, I'm five four. We were side by side in a sketch at a table sitting, and we were the same height eye to eye. And then like, but when I get up, my legs are like, like an inch and a half inseam. So it's, it's all about the skirts. Like I do a high waisted skirt to trick the eye that like, you know, the, the inseam is not working for me. And I'm inflexible and and not. Well, I think that your story really shows that you can come from a town that had like no stoplight and one store and you with three, growing up with three TV channels and, you know, you can be a successful actress and podcaster and author. Like it, nothing has to hold you back. It doesn't matter where you come from. You know, it really, and then it can be an asset, I think, you know, that I think, I, I will say, if you do protect, if you do protect your special quality and your story, that that is not a, that it's not even a disadvantage that, you know, you can use your story and your version of things. And it's even, I think even more now when you have 
you know, YouTube and Instagram and TikTok and all these avenues where you can make things. Um, mm -hmm. That oh my god, you could have stripped on TikTok. Oh my god, can't, trust me, I see these kids. <laughs> on, I'm like jealous of the five year old TikTok dancer. I was like, that I would have been all over that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I get it. I saw oh, your parents arrested. <laughs> oh my god, I know. I would, I just took tap dancing classes just so I could get the little like shiny out because I couldn't get my hands on anything other than my brother's old clothes. So it's like, at least if I was in a recital, I could get some like satin, a couple of like sequins, maybe like some tool popping out at the top. I mean. That was it for me. And you give me a TikTok video, please. I would have been a nightmare. <laughs> well, I think um, it was like so, you know, going off of what Bonnie said, um, you know, no matter where you come from, that you can have this successful career. And I have to say, I have been doing season one through seven of Gilmore Girls. Yeah. And like you popped up there the other day. And yeah. I was like, pardon. What yeah. are you I'm doing like, here? I'm a whack-a-mole on, I've guessed it on everything. If you want, if you binge anything, you'll have a whack-a-mole of like, where's Waldo? It's like, wait, <laughs> I slept with Rory's boyfriend. Yes. Logan. And you were on Friends and had yes. to be like under Courtney Cox. And I talk about that in the book. I accidentally yes. kicked Courtney Cox in the face. <laughs> During wow. rehearsal, I kicked America's, you know, I'm like the one, I, I come in as a guest star, you're terrified, you're actually on the friend set, you're in Monica's apartment, all my stuff's with her, she couldn't have been sweeter, but I'm like, you know, kind of intimidated, and then I, I had to like crawl around on their counter, and uh, she had to like look at my crotch to see if there was like an ink stain on it, and while we were rehearsing, I moved my like chunky early aughts boot and like kicked Courtney Cox smack in the face. Well, it, it, it you didn't do lasting damage. So. <laughs> See, I was like, so I'm like, oh my god, I'm so sorry. Like, like the Matrix. Like, no, please be cool, Monica. <laughs> and she spared me. She'll she'll always be my favorite friend now. Always, always. Well, I'm sure you're you're hers. <laughs> of course, you were on Insatiable. Yes, and and Debbie Ryan wrote the foreword for my book. Debbie Ryan, who became a really good friend in Atlanta. And yes, I was the villain on Insatiable. I was Regina Sinclair. And um, I just loved that show. It was, And I write about that in here. There's a bunch of stuff about Insatiable in there. I love it. Yeah, such a great show. And you were so evil. I'm so, I'm like... <laughs> The like the literal worst, like they actually there's and it's the most fun to play. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I bet. I bet being evil is so much more interesting than like being the good girl. Yeah. That yes, for sure. Well, and unfortunately, it was canceled. Yes, We're not getting another season. But are you interested, or do you know of anything if it can go elsewhere? Like, are are they shopping it around? I know there was a lot of interest, like even from the creators, because I know like every everyone wanted to keep doing it. The whole yeah. cast wanted to keep doing mm. it. The creators wanted to keep doing it. And like the, it was a legal thing. They can't. So mm. sadly, we can't. So but, really sadly, because we need more. And right? especially we're, well, listen, we're all homebound and probably for, you know, at least another nine months, if not a year. We're yeah. still going to be pretty much homebound. So we, we need more. We aren't satiated with insatiable. No. We need more. 
I know. I feel the same way. I will happily go to like Tyler Perry's bubble in Atlanta. You know, <laughs> I'll move on to some, I'll move into some motel that I'm locked in at. Uh, and, and I will happily go film, you know, in my hazmat suit with my press on nails. I, I would be delighted. I know. We'd want that for you. Me too. Me too. If we can do it on The Bachelor, then they can get it going. Yeah. I can't wait to watch. I have to say, I, I give them props. Like, it sounds like they're doing it right. You know, like the fact that they figured it out. And so far, I feel like we would have heard if it, you know. There was a like they're, in a, they're in a bubble. And the reason, of course, that you're so interested mm-hmm. in The Bachelor is because you have this incredible podcast called, called Will You Accept This Rose? Yes. Which is all about the bachelor and bachelorette bachelor nation all things bachelor because you're an obsessive fan i am an obsessive fan you know i didn't start watching until caitlin's season so i came in hot i watched one and i was completely in she was a great bachelorette to start with and um you know i so i talk about the bachelor with other comedians or comic actors we don't hate watch it but we do make jokes about it but i am always looking for love and i feel like it's my sport that i watch i'm like who's going to regionals who's going to hometown who's going to nationals who's going to be drunk on the first night who's going to be secretly crazy you know who's going to have a mom that kisses the guy on the mouth you know like things like i feel like there's always like i like always like who's gonna have the wild card hometown day you know yeah i love it i can't wait i'm I'm loving the leak. I mean, I try not to hear too many spoilers, but I'm loving the rumors of like Claire finding love really fast. I love the idea of Tasha coming in. I'm super into Matt James. I love the rumor that they're going to try to do it soon. Apparently Matt James. I'm, I'm loving that Dean is still with Kaylin. I, and I like that, um, you know, that Peter pilot, even though I felt very angry at his season, I, I was so upset. I hated that. Let's talk about that. Yeah. Tell us how you feel. I felt like it was a terrible season. (laughs) I felt. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I just, I was like, what are we doing here? Why are they bringing in Hannah? Like this guy clearly loved her and now he's, he's confused again. And then there, there's so much drama. And then the thing with Madison and then I don't, I just like, and then after all of this, he ends up with Kelly. Like it just don't waste my time. <laughs> but he ends up with, he ends up with no one. Well, like, but now. He's with Kelly now. Oh. Like from early in the season. Oh, right, right. she was I the one that they hooked up, like, at the, 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 or they met in the lobby at some wedding at that, like, at the Four Seasons. They'd met in advance. Like, who knows what happened there? But, like, I, I, I felt, and then the whole thing, you know, look, I know his mom was protective of him. I felt very uncomfortable at that after the final rose. I personally felt really badly for Madison. So I don't, 
I just thought, but it was so obvious that it couldn't work out with Madison. Oh, for sure. Obvious. Yeah. Yeah. All of it. All of it was like, what are we doing here? Like, but yeah. Why was he wasting his time? Like it, you could just tell there was no, they were too different. And, and his mother saw that. And so she tried to intervene, but I mean, how old is the guy? Like you got like, he's an adult. Huh. He's an adult and he lives, he still lives at home. It's like, we're fighting for a guy that lives at home. He's like a 26 year old man who lives at home. Like what is happening? Here? I think he was, I think he was a bad choice because I don't think you should ever choose a bachelor who's living at home. You know, there's got to be issues if a yeah. guy's living at home at that age. And that's a strong mom. That's not living at home with somebody who's going to be not in your business. Like you got to court Barb hard. Allie, what were you saying? Um, I wanted to know your thoughts on Hannah Ann too. And like you, what she did. You know, I felt she had a really strong showing at the, after the final rose, I think, you know, it felt, everyone felt so young. There was something that just felt, I mean, she's adorable. I liked how she stood up for herself. I felt badly for her. And yet just rewatching I we had to watch those like best of ones for which was a terrible format but it was interesting watching before Instagram existed where you felt like people really were going on to actually go find a spouse both the contestants and the bachelor or bachelorette and now I feel like as it's gotten more pageanty and younger and younger it's felt a little bit like what are, what are we doing <laughs> What are we doing here? It's just like the next round of Fab Fit Fun Seller. Like, you know what I mean? Just like, like, I, it almost, I guess it, the real saving grace in which we didn't get this year is paradise, you know? Cause I, cause that's where I feel that people actually do go fall in love. And like, that's where people do well, get engagements out of that. Yeah. yeah. And, like, and like, you know, you have, you've got your Carly and Evan, you've got your Jade and Tanner. Uh, Ashley, I and Jared was not quite there, but I'll give it to them because they're so cute. Like, yeah. Definitely. Um, and then, uh, Raven and Adam. So if there's like more of a success rate, I mean, yes. I love, I still love it. And I still hope, like, I hope that Tasha and Claire and Matt James, I hope they go find their person. It just hasn't happened since Instagram started. Yeah. What are you? Yeah. Well, I think that was part of the problem, wasn't it, with Hannah, is that it turned out that there were just too many fame seekers. Was yeah. that what you were going to say, Allie? No, I will that, but I, I, I'm interested also in what your thoughts are with Becca and Garrett splitting, too. Oh, yes. I mean, it's time, right? I mean, she's like this, like, he, I, I felt for her because you don't, you don't have the full picture, you know, when you're, it's what, six weeks, you're in theory cut off from the media. Like, how would she know? How would you know? Like, who would know deep diving on what somebody's liked on Instagram, things like that. Like, what she was getting was this seemingly kind of sweet guy who seemed to like, simple, but handsome and nice and liked her. And she clearly had chemistry with him. And it felt, I mean, I feel like we've all, I, I've been there where, you know, you have a, you have a great first three weeks and then you start to get some information that you don't like, but you, your brain keeps trying to like do the math equations to try to get back to that first. So I was like, no, but what about that first guy I met? And like, I think 
just based on who she seems like she is, it seems like that her her soul had to do this. What do you think, Allie? Yeah, I mean, we've talked to um, we talked to Rachel Lindsay about it, and, and I talked to her one on one about it too, just because she was one of the ones who really spoke out against him and their yeah. podcast co-hosts. Um, you know, when I heard that podcast, I listened to that episode too. Yeah. And when he came out and, you know, kind of debunked the Black Lives Matter movement. Um, and I Mm. think that we all knew that he had that in him because of his past and he had stayed like his mouth shut for the past year and a half, two years. And then, and I just wonder though, if Becca did it because the public got involved or if it's something she had been feeling for a while and like knew that they didn't align or if she did it because she felt like she was like forced to. That's interesting. Well, I do wonder why when those, those Instagram comments were revealed, I mean, they did stay together for a long time. I know. I mean, had to get to know him better. Right. You know, when you think about too how she had a particularly brutal end of when she was on Ari season, so right, oh, that was awful. She had a particularly public shaming and the lack of editing and the sort of gotcha factor in the Airbnb and like that world's longest tracking shot that was like a Goodfellas opening scene or like that shot in like one of the the True Detective episodes. Like it was the longest not edited, you know, tracking shot. So you wonder if her heart was and her like just her world was I mean I can't imagine how that would feel so then you're sea legs and then you're the bachelor and you're the let's do the damn thing and you're showing the world you're fine and then you pick this guy who seems like the opposite of Ari like a solid guy and then I don't know man I don't know how much of like I wonder if she just couldn't handle like two knockdowns in a row and was like, I don't want to deal with it. I don't know. I, I'm here for any time they want to reset the franchise with an outside person. So yeah. with Matt is what you're talking about. With Matt. Yeah. With somebody that we didn't already see go through the mansion that doesn't necessarily know all of the, I feel like once they've been through it, they know the tricks of production. Like somebody who's not been through the machine, I think will be really refreshing. And I think that he really wants to find love. And I actually, I think that he's a really good guy. Um, I've talked to him before and he is, and I'll say too, he is so cute. And he so, is so gorgeous. I want to like, go on the show. Allie you should. Allie, are you single? <laughs> I'm so single. My God, can I nominate you? Yeah. Yeah. How do I do, like, can we? Can we figure out how to film a video? Can I do an intro and then like throw to you and we edit it together? Sure. Bonnie, am I allowed to go on the Bachelor? Yeah, of course. But the thing is, you don't want to be just a contestant. You want to be the Bachelorette. But that's how she would either, best case scenario, she would either end up with Matt, great, or you'd be the Bachelorette by the end. Or on Paradise. By the way, we've never had, as a true redhead, we've never had a redhead get that far. And I would be- And I feel like you're the woman for the job. Like, that's why I liked Elise so much. Cause she like was representing a little. Yes. Yes. 
I got to tell you, I, I have like, you know, when I talk in the book, I talk about like when your tail wags, like my cells are going crazy. <laughs> All right. I'm going to connect with you because I really, I think we need to do it soon. I think, cause I think it, cause I think they're going to start shooting. I think we need to get this tape in. Okay. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Well, go for it. Absolutely. I support that. Thanks. Uh, uh, oh my God. Oh my God. What if you got on and what if you were sitting here with Matt James, like, and like, I guess it would be March. Cause I think it would start airing in January. <laughs> what if you were sitting here with me and Bonnie and Matt James in March and that would be the best. And I well, would have to have already given the scoop to Hollywood life. Yes, oh, yes. The first, the inside scoop, the first interview. Sorry, People Magazine, Hollywood Life has to get these. Yes, absolutely. Yes. yes. Oh God, we yeah. probably just cut this out if I do go on the show. <laughs> Bonnie, what yeah. do you think about Matt James versus Mike? Well, I really liked Mike, and I don't really, and I feel like I know him better, so yeah. I'm prejudiced in that way, and uh, I don't feel like I know Matt as well. But I do want to ask you, because I know you're friendly. You've become friendly with a lot of Bachelor stars. And they, some of them have been on your podcast. Have you gone to a Bachelor or Bachelorette wedding yet? Oh, God, no. I wish. I wish. I mean, to be, to be sitting there watching Chris Harrison officiate. I'll go down <laughs> to Sayalita. I will sweat down to Sayalita. You know, I would, I would love it. I would love it. I get more starstruck with reality show and more specifically Bachelor contestants to the point where, I mean, look, you guys meet famous people all the time. Let me ask you, Allie, do you get more starstruck around like an actor or musician or a Bachelor contestant? I get more starstruck around an actor, like an okay. A-list, like Bradley Cooper, I like tried to not speak to because I was so anxious. <laughs> I worked with him before he was a superstar and I have, you've ne he, he was so handsome and his eyes were like lighthouse beams that yeah. then when they shine on you, it was like, take me to your leader. You know what I mean? Like and I, <laughs> I, went, I, I shook his hand and I said, you have soft hands. Dude. I mean, I, I did not play it cool. I was, you can't play. It's too much. It's like, too much. Some, it's, it, and again, this was like on a TV show. It was on the TV show Kitchen Confidential that he was on. And like, truly he was, he was a movie star doing yeah. a sitcom. Like it was clearly a movie star in my presence. It's like, oh my God, Bonnie, who has made you the most starstruck? Well, I think we went, I was once at an event in LA and we, I was with one of my reporters. This, a few, this was during the twilight time. And yes. we actually were like, went around a corner and there was Robert Pattinson. Yes. And all we yes. could do was giggle. Like we couldn't yeah. even form words. <laughs> oh my God. How tall was he? Was he tall? Yeah, no, he's tall. Yeah, like at least six feet. And he, he just gave us the biggest smile and laughed. It was like, you know. It's like seeing a Sasquatch. It's like seeing like a Yeti in the forest. Like, oh my God, he's real. Like I saw a glimpse. It's so weird when you get a glimpse, particularly when you get a glimpse of somebody that's like at the peak of like, they're the one in the zeitgeist. It's like, this is human flesh. This person exists. Like it's- I do feel that way. Yeah. And you, and you cannot- 
play it cool. Like even though no, we couldn't play it cool. There's a and lot of self-soothing. Yeah, just like breathe, breathe. Just keep yeah. <laughs> a, keep a neutral appearing face. You know, I talk about that. I mean, truly, I get nervous, and so it's an interesting thing, like booking being a fan of TV and then, you know, growing up in a small town, being a fan. And then like, so it's the, I love booking a job, but then actually having to go execute it and appear professional and neutral when you're interacting with like somebody you're a fan of is really challenging for me. But you know, do you ever have a situation where you meet somebody like that and then they're not what you think or they're oh. like not nice at all yes I, I had that happen a couple of times when i was a reporter years ago and that was so disappointing i know when they say never meet your heroes uh, there's a reason for that i mean some of them some of them are lovely and yes. some of them are disappointing yeah, yes i agree with that and, you know, you, sometimes you don't know if you catch them on an off day or something like that. So I try not to put too much weight on it because people ask me that question all the time. Yeah. Um, but it is just so funny. I think that there's so many tapes of me on a red carpet doing my interview. And then after the person walks away, I turn around and go, and Nick's always like I could make a full reel of you doing that <laughs> that's right you're good at your job like you don't ever want to lose that that's what's so charming you don't ever want to get so hardened that you don't have that that's why that's why people like to listen to you it's like you know I mean again I'm never not excited that I'm like you know, I've done this for a long time and I'm like, oh my God, I'm going into the Paramount lot, you know, like, oh, Warner Brothers, look at this. Like, and it's like, yeah, you've been here many times. Like, but it's still like, I cannot believe that I'm somehow in, in Hollywood, like on a soundstage, like, how could this be? This is so exciting. Yeah. Yeah. I say like when, if, when I don't get that feeling and I had said to my mom, actually after my first ever red carpet, which is Suicide Squad yes. uh, or Suicide Squad. And I watched the movie in, I couldn't get over the fact that I watched the movie in the theater with the cast oh. in the movie. And I thought it was so cool. And I called my mom after I was like, the day that I stopped feeling like this is like the day that I have to be done. And I truly, every carpet, I get just like a high and it's you so fun. When, when I get to go to things, I have a few friends that I have like, I have my few dates that I bring my buddies, like who, the ones who love it, you know, but who can play cool. But I'll be like, do you want to go, you know, I got invited to this and do it like, and some people are like, ah, uh, yeah, you know, cause, and that's who you want to go with. You want to go with somebody. When I have my biggest things, I always bring my brother. So he'll fly out if it's the biggest things. Cause he's like, and because he can keep it together, but then we'll run back and be like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, did you see? Did you know? Yeah, so my, my I know, brother, yeah. so fun when you do that. Yeah. You know, just before we go though, we have to talk about another of your talents. Yes. You're decorating. You have got an incredible house, and I love your fabric on your podcast studio walls, but there were pictures of your house in LA Times that I saw online. And you just have the, like, I want to live in your house. It's so warm and fun and unique, like original. Thank you so much, Bonnie. That means so much to me. I love making things. I love design. Um, 
my friend actually hired me last year. There's a picture in there. I, I did my friend's house up in Berkeley. I've done a couple people's houses. Um, I contracted and renovated my house myself. Like, I mean, I didn't do the work, but I was the contractor. And, um, you know, I, I just feel like life is, life is a, can be hard day to day sometimes. And that, you know, it doesn't have to be expensive, but that you can come back and have a joyful place and that it can be exuberant and joyful, but not, not crazy that it should feel restful and that the overall feeling should be like an exhale, but that it can be beautiful just in that, you know, if you have to paint a wall, why not pick the right color, you know, or if you have to have a pillow and again, it, there's so many great pillows, even at Ikea or Target or Wayfair, like a lot of the stuff, I, most of my stuff, I got it like world market, mm -hmm. Ikea, Target, like, you know, there, it's just putting it together in different ways. And, um, so I do in that article, if you guys check it out, there's like a lot of tips. Cause I know everybody's stuck at home right now. I know exactly. like, finances are tight. And that there's, you know, but if you can save, you know, like a hundred dollars or $200 and like something to spruce up one little area, maybe it's your zoom area or something just so that you feel just for your mental health, you know, even if it's $20, you go to home goods and you get like two really cute throw pillows. Like I'm a huge fan of home goods. I'm a huge fan of Ross dress for less. I'm a huge fan of TJ Maxx and Marshall's like, there's so many cute home goods that you can get for like $7, $12, you know, that just brighten the space up because we're all stuck at home. Exactly. Well, we'll have, Ali will have to talk to you after because we have a new feature on Hollywood Life where you, we yeah. ask stars to give tours of their homes. And I think you have such a great home and such great tips that we would love to follow up with you. Um, I will have to tidy it a little bit, but the answer is a solid yes. I would be yes. honored. Thank you, Ms. Bonnie. Yes. <laughs> Yay! Oh. Well, we will really look forward to that. And everybody who is listening needs to look forward to... Yes, you can pre-order now. Pre-order your Little Miss Little Compton. Yep, Little Miss Little Compton. And for your listeners, there's two things coming up. One, if they order now, if you go to Arden Marine Book. Now, my last name is a little tricky. It sounds like marine biologist, but it's spelled M-Y-R-I-N. It looks like Myron. Ardenmarinebook.com. For the price of the book, you can get my book. You can get a Little Miss Little Compton canvas tote bag, and you can, and the book is signed, and it's all for the price of the book for the first 250 people that order. So I did the things with Premier Collectibles, and if you guys want to come to my book release party slash variety show. Lauren Lopkiss, who's the star of The Wrong Missy. She's the star oh, I of love Missy. The Wrong Missy. She's so good. She was Missy in The Wrong Missy on Netflix. She and I are going to be at, um, if you go to dynastytypewriter.com, Saturday, September 26th at 5 p.m., we're doing a virtual book release party with a show. So we're going to talk about the book. We're having um, Rob Benedict from Supernatural is going to come on. He's doing a Katy Perry cover. Brian Safi from Throwing Shade. <laughs> is going to be there. My brother is going to be there. And what's fun about it is you can watch live and it's, you can, you know, 
chat with us and then it'll still be up in the link for the entire week on YouTube. It's just $5 if you want to come because I can't tour right now. So I'm doing I a know. blowout show at Dynasty Typewriter. You can also order your book through that and you can get a custom sign to like, I could sign like, dear Allie, blah, blah, blah. You just email what you want me to sign and keep it, keep it on the up and up guys. But like, Keep it, keep it PG 13, but, uh, you can tell me what you want to write. You can get your book to them and I, I'll custom sign something for you. Well, that is fantastic. So everyone do your pre-order because yes, it's all post. about the pre-orders, honey. <laughs> all about the pre-orders and special signatures and then tuning into your book party. Oh, Miss Bonnie, I just love you and your podcast, Miss Allie. I can't wait to get you on The Bachelor. I'm not joking. I'm not joking. Okay. And, yes. and I appreciate your support. I, I loved oh, doing your podcast course. last fall, and I was so happy to come back and see you guys. Well, we were thrilled to have you back, and thank you for joining us. Thank and you good luck with everything. Thank you. Okay. Stay safe, you guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.